And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and we've got to set the big boys again. Um, <laughs> uh, we go, took a 1 1 draw at home to Watford, um, which upset plenty of Watford fans, as you can expect. Some of them were more gracious than others in drawing, um, but we'll come on to all that nonsense. Danny is back with us. How's it going, Danny? Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Very well, and Mick is with us live from everybody's favourite venue, a car parking lot. <laughs> oh, yes. He's back. Let's crack on. <laughs> it's Sunday night, co-op shuts in a bit, and I need some beer. Uh, you should have told me that. We didn't even realise this every single time. We'll just take, we'll make the thing longer. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. We've got the Theo Liversidge, Russell Danny, S64 Millen, comment, Paul Brock, Gav Grundy, Damien, Steve Grundy's with us. Um, Kim Haywood as well, sorry, very with us as well. Um, Phil, Phil Rawlinson starts off by saying, Evening, evening lads, is very disappointed yesterday. Should be beating teams like Watford who could only muster two shots on target. Uh, I suppose let's start with that. Let's start. We'll come on to the referees and all sorts of nonsense first. Uh, but first, Danny, it's a really good result. One-one draw against Watford at home. They've got some quality players in their team. We'll talk about the goal they scored in a minute, but that is a really, really good point. Yeah, it is, and I think at times we uh, we frustrated them mm. as well. Um, which is good. It, it was just a good battling point. We were just very organised. We didn't let them get to us too much, apart from the build-up to the goal, where I think we lost our heads a little bit. But um, I don't think that was because of Watford. It was because of a certain individual in the middle. Um, but we'll get on. But I'm sure Mick will get on to that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it, it was just a good point. It's a team that's going to be up there. I mean, the table is more or less just starting to take shape, barring any 
disasters in form. And I think Watford will be knocking about round fourth come the end of the season. So for us to get a, a good point against them, a point which could have turned into three in, in another in another circumstance or or world or whatever. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I would have took a point um at kick off and we got one at full time, so I'm happy. Mm. Mick, are you sort of on the same same wavelength as Danny with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it was a, a good result, good performance. You can't ask for any more than that, can you? Really? No, no. very succinctly put. Um, <laughs> let's start with the second minute of the game. Um, Richard Wood makes himself top scorer this season for Rotherham United. I think he's joint third top scorer in the championship um, so far. He is. He's one of them people, Danny. It just feels like he's going to go on forever. And we know he's, I know he's not, but it, I just can't imagine a day when Richard Wood's not around anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been at the club since, what, 2014? Yeah. yeah. And he's been a mainstay in the team since at least 2017, I think it is. And, um, yeah, like you say, it just feels like he's going to be here forever. And I think in one capacity or another, he probably will be now. Um, and this season, someone's resurrected goal-scoring Richard, haven't they? Because he's <laughs> just on fire, isn't he? He's just on fire to score. What is it? Four, is it four, go- yeah, four goals so far mm. this season. It's like, wow. This is the Richard Woods of a few seasons ago where he loved scoring goals. And I have to admit, his celebration were absolutely incredible. <laughs> the, the little uh, goggles up to his eyes. I don't know if he was trying to emulate Ellen White or what, but I think you were looking for Joao Pedro and he found him in his pocket at the end of the game, to be honest. <laughs> this is another TikTok, or I don't know if it's TikTok or, or something else. It's the, it's the Griddy, is what it's called, apparently. The Griddy? Uh, Apparently so, yeah. And if you, if best thing to do is Google the gritty dance. It's to do with an, I think it's from an NFL player. Um, I oh. grid iron in. I assume it's something from that. We sat with Ben yesterday, Mick, and he didn't mention this. Uh, no, so it's disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. Um, but it is another dance. I, I assume it's come from his kids again, um, which I love. I love that. <laughs> to be fair, if I were if I were his kid, I'd be doing exactly the same. I'd get, I'd be getting to do stupid things. Every time he scores, because yeah. why not? Why wouldn't um, you? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's break down the goal a little bit, Mick. Uh, Richard Wood couldn't believe his luck. He deserves a lot of credit because he saw the mm. gap. He attacked the gap. But there's no way in a million years that he should have been given that time and space. And the keeper should have done better as well, probably. It was just awful from Watford, wasn't it? Yeah. Utterly awful. Um, I don't know whether it was complacency whether it was just a bit too early in the game or whether they're just a bit useless at back. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> if you take the goal in isolation, it, it's the latter, isn't it? They were a bit useless at back. Um, because, there's no, like you point, absolutely point, quite rightly point out there, there is no way a team of that alleged quality should be letting a 37-year-old centre-back have that so much, have that amount of space in six-yard box. Um, just awful, awful defending. But you know, thanks very much. You'll do for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It went. I still don't instant reaction. It wasn't even a good cross <laughs> by Wes. It was just a hit and hope ball into the middle. And again, Woody's just seen the gap and attacked it. And you've got to give credit, I suppose. Well, 
I suppose you've got to give Woody credit. Uh, but like, but I agree. Watford, Watford will be very disappointed with themselves because that was massively avoidable. Well, you said that. You said that, and yeah, they will be disappointed clearly. But they, they, and I think I did. I think I said this on the on the the post match as well. They, they look fragile. They look a fragile oh, big team. Time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and it's no surprise to me that they've not set set the world alight this season so far based on that performance yesterday. Obviously, we can only go off that one performance, can't we? But um, yeah, they they they, they defensively. They, uh, they can be got at definitely, um, and and to concede a goal of that nature just just goes to prove that, doesn't it? Yeah. For the first half an hour, we had them on ropes, and we, we should have, uh, without really creating any clear cut chance, I suppose. Mm. Without we didn't batter them in terms of shots, but they were under the cosh in terms of overall play in that first half an hour, weren't they? I were, and I, I suppose you got to create to us. We started quick. Yeah, the goal was you know from poor defending, but we started like a train. And we just didn't give them a second, didn't give them a second. And it took a very, very, very good finish to get them back into the game. Because before the goal, they were nowhere near in the game, were they? No, they weren't. They weren't. And, and what we saw yesterday was was the Rotherham United of every game this season, with the exception of Sunderland. Um, high pressing, high pressure, um, energetic, uh, strong, physical, um, but with some good football played in between as well. Mm. It wasn't... It was not any sort of hit and hope. The only hit and hope of the game was was the cross from Wes, um, which which really was just putting the ball back in the mixer. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't intended. The, the outcome wasn't the intended outcome, was it um, necessarily? So yeah, listen, there, there's, there's going to be a lot of teams this season who are in for a bit of a shock um, mm. when they come to New York Stadium. Um, so hopefully that continues for another 23 games at, uh, at home. Oh, I think 23 now, is it? But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 19 or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Phil Robertson says he's back with to score. I was covering his gas bill for the month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> About a week, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, month. yeah. <laughs> Months ambitious. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gambles with a great comment. It says, Aylby took his three-year-old to the first match on, on Saturday. Saw Woody's goal, got too scared with noise and had to leave on four minutes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Pamela UK says, on Watford, remember the guy, remember the guys Watford sold a lot of their players, 55 million from sales and spent 5 million. They aren't the same team they were. No, but they have, as Paul Warren alluded to, João Pedro is one of the best players, individually one of the best players in the division. Uh, Chowder is a very, very, very good midfielder. Um, the guy who scored, I can't remember his name now. Bayo. Bayo. Yeah, Bayo. Yeah. Um, there was obviously issues, issues, issues defensively prior to the finish, but the finish itself was a stunning finish. Um, they were, let's, let's give ourselves some credit, Dan, by saying that Watford are a very good team. I was impressed with parts of their play in the second half more than the first half. Mm. Uh, but they are a good team. That's still a very, very good point, getting something from a team like that. Yeah, definitely. Very, very good point. Um, uh, a point against a team that's got a fair bit of money coming from a couple player sales, and I think they're wanting over <clears> four <throat> million or so uh, for their. Well, they had that offer come in for their front two mm-hmm. players that they turned down. Um, so when you've got a strike pairing that's worth more than our stadium, it's going to be a good point, a good battling point against a team like that. But you can only play what's in front of you, really. It don't really matter how 
expensive a team is, it's how they turn up on the day. And barring a bit of quality from them for their uh, for their goal, we more or less kept them at bay. They had a couple chances in the second half that came off the post, and you know, as per rules in the championship, we rode a look a little bit. But other than that, we were just strong defensively. We had a good a good defensive back line. Still a bit 50-50 on playing out from the back, but I don't think it's somewhat different, I suppose. And we have to give it chance. But in terms of just uh, attacking the ball and creating chances for ourselves, we are still very good and we create the chances. It's just now un- unlocking it to get a performance like Reading and finishing the chances. Because we can't have Woody scoring bullet headers every week, as much as he wants to. And I <laughs> think we can have that every week. No, we do need to, we do need to create more. I, th- I think... There's interesting points here on the game itself. I think uh, Bailey Verne, as he noticed uh, this year, the sort of game players that hit teams full force for, for 45 to 60 minutes and then hold on, especially at home. Whether that's because of the opposition we face, I don't know. But it definitely seemed to play that way. And Paramount, you could follow us on with what is going to be my point. I, it, Paramount says, I think if we didn't have, wouldn't have played Wednesday, we could have won the game. Paul Wall mentioned this as part of my interview with Mick. And... What happened? The fixture, how the fixtures played out, have not been fair. Mm. Watford had a home game on Tuesday <clears> night, yeah. at, which includes zero travel because it's a home game, and we played a day later with four hours travel, two hours to Sunderland, two hours back to Sunderland. So we have mm. a day less plus extra travel time involved. How is that fair? If you're going to play on Saturday, both teams should have played on Wednesday or Tuesday. It doesn't well, make any sense from a from a what's the word the AFL use integrity of the competition point of view. It doesn't make any sense. That's not fair that they had a full day to re- to recover extra than us. You would argue that all the teams that played Wednesday are in the same boat, though, aren't they? And well, no, because some of them played today. So there were three right, games okay. on Sunday. Right, fair news. In that case, I'll work. I'll so which were the teams that played on Tuesday, which is a bit hang on. Yeah. Yeah, well, don't, don't, I mean, let, let, let me come from a different angle and don't expect any help from the EFL. Yeah. <laughs> We've been here before. Uh, no, listen, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no tinfoil out here. It's not a conspiracy against Rotherham United. Um, it, it just is what it is. And, it, and I'm sure over the season, over the course of the season, things like that should, should balance itself out. Um, but let's not get too bogged down in it because eh, we didn't lose. We didn't know, but it, but it told in the game. And if you look at the second half, Danny, we just had no legs left in us. And you could say that's because Watford are a good team, and they are a good team. But there was the, the players were completely spent. And I don't know what else we can even We'll talk about Eves in a minute. And the, the substitutions probably didn't help. But he had to make the substitutions because the players were knackered. And if mm. they had that extra day, they wouldn't be as knackered. Or if Watford had the same time, their players would be a bit more knackered. It, there's no sense to it for me. Yeah, and I think uh, even in what Paul Davis reported, saying um, <clears throat> saying that the players were just absolutely wiped out and exhausted at the end of the game, I think because there is so much passion in this team, which you can see, you can see how much passion there is just from how Victor celebrates his goals or chances or everything. If we miss a chance, it's close. He's on his knees with his hands on his head, which is great entertainment for the fans behind the goal, but it also <laughs> shows how passionate he is. And if <clears throat> everyone's got on par passion levels as Victor does, then you know you can tell they're just giving 110% every time. And if you're doing that Wednesday and then Saturday, you're going to be absolutely wiped out because that's just how we play. But yeah, I think the one criticism I have of the game is that 
I think the sub should have been made like 10 minutes earlier just to keep that balance of just ticking over a little bit and keep it fresh. I mean, we only had fresh legs <clears throat> for like 10 so minutes because we made about three changes in that time. But bring them on 10 minutes earlier, something could have changed. But anyway, it's in the past. We'll leave it there. But yeah, I see, I see what you mean about the whole integrity thing because for us to play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then some other teams have played Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, it's a bit... Hang on a minute. You know, surely our game should have been put to Sunday when we've got the week off anyway. Mm. You know, because we've not got a game until Sheffield United mm. now. Um, but, uh, and then we're playing another Wednesday with Blackpool the week after. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or what. But yeah, anyway. Well, on that one, we play the next midweek game is Blackpool next Wednesday, the 14th. We then play Middlesbrough on the Saturday. Middlesbrough play on the Tuesday. So once again, our opposition getting extra days rest. Mm. Uh, don't know. I think it's important. I don't, I don't think EFL care, but I think it's important. Extra 24 hours rest is, is important. I think I think all I'll say for everybody who's watching, just nip to the shop and buy some tin foil because we could get like this quite a lot this season. <laughs> you know, wear your tin foil hats and go, yes, I agree, there's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can add to the RUFC's conspiracy thread on yeah. Twitter. We've already got another refereeing performance to add on there. We might as well add just EFL's involved now. You know, we just might as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk about their goal, Mick. It came from playing out from the back. Mm. Paul Warren spoken to Paul Davis, who's put, tweeted out uh, the article today, where basically says he's trying to develop the team, trying to progress the team, and that's one of the areas we want to try and do, not go as long. And rightly, so I, I completely understand, we've got, we've got Chio and Washington up front, and you've got Cathcart as one of the defenders. You can't go long. It's just, it's just after, unless you're playing down mm. a flank, you just can't go long. So you've got to do something else. But it did cost us on Saturday, didn't it? Um, yeah, I suppose it did because we lost possession and and, and then and obviously they scored. But you know, that that ball could have come for that could that ball could have come from a, a long goal kick that their defender headed back into our half and cross comes in and it and he still finishes it. Let, let's not take away from the fact that it was a, a peach of a cross and an absolute worldy of a finish. Um so, so that that that's that's one part of it. Um, is that the second goal we've conceded at New York Stadium this season? Yes, I think it is in it in the league, in the league. Both of which were absolute world class finishes, no question about it. So, so that that's one part of it. Playing out from the back, you know, I would have a problem with it if we were doing it every single time. If mm. we were doing it fifty percent of the time, I'd have a problem with it. But we're not. We're picking and choosing. We're doing it very, very sporadically, if that's a, if that's the right word. You know, we're we're not doing it that much. So, yeah, it's 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 something that we need to add to our game. The vast majority of teams we play against during the course of this season are not going to be um, have the quality that that Watford had and have the quality that Sunderland showed. Um, and, and for me, there's a distinction between those two uh, on Wednesday when we did it. So uh, I have no issue with it. Yeah, we, we're going to make some mistakes. However, it's it's just another little bit, another little addition to the armory, in it ultimately. Um, so I ain't got a problem with it to be honest. Mix it up, just mix mm -hmm. it up. 
Yeah, I, I, I promise you, I, I agree. You've got to have several different bullets to your string, Danny. Are you, you agree or you think it should be knocked on the head? Uh, I think we shall play out from the back when we know 100% we can do it effectively because some teams in this division do it effectively and others like, say, Swansea, for example, haven't really started doing it effectively but have still tried it. Um, I don't I don't think it's an issue because, like we say, it's switching it up, it's trying something different. Uh, the Watford manager actually praised us for trying that you know, because we play different ways and I think he's one of the few managers that has sussed we aren't just a hoof it long ball team. So actually fair play to him for actually looking and stud- and studying his football. Um but yeah, that's that that's how you pick up points in the championship. You do it by di- being different, by being a little bit unpredictable. So if we can still have the, the stereotypical long ball um technique, but also play it on the floor and play it out from the midfield technique, which we've shown in, in some games, and then add the pass it out from the back. It's just like, right, if that's not working, try that. If that doesn't work, try that. But then they'll think you play that way. Then you go back to your first option. You're like, oh, no, they've changed the system again. Mm-hmm. So I think it is good because, it, like you say, it mixes it up. But we just need to stop making mistakes from doing it. <laughs> so as soon as soon as we get rid of the mistakes, I'll be like, yes, go for it. But then that comes in training and we might not have been training like that for that long. It might just be something we're trying at the minute. And so far, it's okay until you make the mistake. But, but then just to criticise myself again, that happens with everything. It's okay until you make the mistake, isn't it? True. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, I, let's see how it goes on. If, if it costs us five more goals in the next five games, they will knock it around, won't they? They'd be, they'd be daft not to. Um, but let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it can uh, push us forward into further uh, success. Because we're, 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 we're still beating at home. What's that? Four games we've beaten there at the home. Um, eight points taken for possible twelve. That's still pretty good. Still a pretty good start. <laughs> we're, in du- we're in double Stop digits that, now. It? We're in double digits after seven games now. Um, we probably need less than forty points between now and the end of the season to get to stay up, and we've already got ten. So I think we're the really- maddest start is that we only need thirteen more points to match our all-time worst record in the second tier. <laughs> I think I don't know if that goes to show how good we are this season or how god awful we were in sixteen seventeen. We were bad, yeah. But double double digits for a team of our caliber, if you like, in this league is very good. Mm. That's that's a very decent return after seven games. Um, give it ten games, see what a return is, and if it's still looking decent, then we're very optimistic for this season. I think mm. very much so. Uh, we will talk about the referee in a moment, but we're going to take a break from talking about the Rotherham men's team. And we're going to have a brief, brief just mention on the Rotherham United women's team kicked off their season today. Uh, it was a 1 0 loss, I think, to Basford. Are we saying it's Basford, Mick? Uh, I think it is, isn't it? That's how I pronounce it. Basford. Um, so that's not, not the great start, but it's good to see the season underway. I think they start I think they start this Sunday coming at home. They play at Roundwood on Sundays. So it doesn't clash with the men's game. Um, I will check double check the fixture list on that one. Actually, it might, be, it might be the following Sunday. I will double check that. Um, the next game is against Mansfield. I know that much. We'll check. We're on our next episode. We'll confirm that. We are going to start covering covering the women's team a bit more this season um, because we want to. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, and we should also we really like to announce that we have decided to put for, put in a player sponsorship for the women's team. We, we are. Going to be uh, sponsoring the World of the United's Women's Shot Stopper George Award. 
Um, so couldn't keep a clean sheet today, unfortunately. But only one nil. Uh, I'm sure they will come on to come on the season, hopefully improve. And like I said, we'll talk about it more on the podcast. We'll give them the coverage that they should get as much as we possibly can. So the home games uh, that we can go to. Mick, Danny, anything you want to mention on the women's team starting their season today? You want to go first, Mick? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we're going to get get ourselves down to Roundwood and, uh, and and support them. Um, it, it's it's great that the club have, have uh, you know have, have taken this on. Uh, particularly, obviously, I mean, I know that the women's team's been going for a, a, a while now, but uh, after after the success of uh, of the England women's team over the summer, um, obviously the, the the women's games getting far more higher profile. Um, so it, it, they need our support. They need our support, like any football club needs supporters. <laughs> but, you know, they need the money. They need the money through the gate. They need the supporters. Um, so we're going to be backing them up all the way because at the end of the day, the Millers aren't they? Exactly. Yep. Right exactly. Rotherham badge. We, you represent us. So exactly. We've all been inspired a little bit by the women's Euros, haven't we? And. The uh, the feel good factor it brought from women's football. So yeah, we thought right, how can we help out our own women's sides? And uh, yeah, so we've gone for the player sponsorship, and uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on the women's team. And uh, we've seen more tweets from me about it as well because I'm now taking a keen interest in like you know what I think they're actually all right. Hundred mm. percent. And I think I'm going to assume remember they'll, they'll hopefully on about playing a couple of games at New York Stadium throughout the season. Yes, they are. Um, which would be amazing. I know last season the women's team played, I think they played Northampton at Northampton's ground at Sixfields. Mm. Uh, so it's good to see our club sort of taking on board what other clubs have done and playing at the men's stadium, bigger crowds in, etc. Um, so yeah, up oh, the Millers. Yeah. Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we're going to go from that nice, positive conversation. Um, and now we're going to talk about Lee Doughty, who was <laughs> on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. It's been, a, it's been a bad weekend for refereeing in general, um, across, the, across the football leagues, across the Premier League. Um and I meant to look it up earlier, Mick. I meant to look back at our episode we did pre-season because we said that the new implementations of the rules would last a month and then they'll go back to normal, you know, of the terms in terms of the physicality. Mm-hmm. And it's been a month and they've gone back to the old way of the implementation, including if you go from last Saturday to Wednesday to, to Saturday, Saturday mm-hmm. just gone, 
they've just gone backwards and I don't understand it. It was so good. We've, for the first time in this podcast, we've been praising referees mm. on almost a weekly basis. Yeah. And then we got clowns like Lee Doughty just bafflingly. I don't understand. Go on. Oh, well, I don't understand either. I don't. Uh, just the, the, the word that the word that I complain about about referees week after week is inconsistency. And that's all we had from him yesterday. Complete inconsistency. We picked up four bookings or three bookings. I can't remember. Four uh, in, but, but it's seven or eight bookings in two games. And, and to be honest with you, out of those seven or eight, one was a booking. One of them was a clear booking. The rest of them weren't even up for debate. They weren't even... You, you couldn't even have a conversation about any of the others... You know, if you watch each of the incidents back, you can't even, there's, there's no discussion to be had. Most of the times they're not even fouls. Obviously back to Peltier against against Sunderland, yeah. but certainly, but also yesterday as well. They're not even fouls, but yet we're getting yellow cards for them. Um, the, the referee's performance yesterday was woeful. It was absolutely woeful. And, and it's sorry, it's sad to say. I, I know, and I have been criticised by people in the comments previously for my digs at referees, and I get it. I do understand, I do fully understand why people sort of, you know, if you dip in and out of this podcast and hear me banging on about it, you know, he's off again, he's off moaning about referees. Well, yeah, but it's a difficult job. We all know it's a difficult job, and probably none of us would stick our heads above the parapet to do it. Hmm. But on the flip side of that. When it comes to actually being a professional, being trained, doing the job week in, week out, you would think you would be able to maintain some level of consistency, at least over the period of 90 minutes, if not over the period of a couple of games. But the referees regularly operating within the Championship and Premier League that are unable to maintain a level of consistency over a period of five minutes, you know? You get one challenge, which is penalised with a, a foul and a red card. Two minutes later, you get this exact same challenge that's, that's not even penalised. It's not, there's, you know, nothing happens. And, and, and this is what frustrates people. And this is why referees get the abuse that they get at football matches, because they're not consistent. They, they, they change the tune for, for, for different teams. You know, and that's not, again, that's not a tinfoil out, oh, look at us, we're Rotherham United, we always get bad referees, because they're bad for everybody. You know, it's not just us, I accept that, but there needs to be some sort of, um, some sort of work done on the level of competency. And and half the battle is clarity, it's clarity on what are the rules, how are we going to implement the rules, and how can we make the, more, the rules more simple for referees and everyone else to understand? You know, it's all right at the beginning of the season saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to let the game flow. We're not going to get silly free kicks. Well, what does that mean specifically? You know, what is a silly free kick? Um, but yeah, yesterday, appalling. Absolutely appalling. And, and, and there were no big decisions to be made, really, were there? And well, there was probably... The well, I was going to say, arguably, there was one big decision to make, and that was the push from Peltier on one of the Watford players in the penalty area. Bramall. Uh, Bramall, sorry, not Peltier, Bramall, uh, on one of the, uh, the Watford players. Uh, and he got that wrong. 
<laughs> so there you go. But the point is, and the point I would make is, that if you take that incident and you look at that incident and watch it, Ramos gone in behind their player, he's put his hands in his back, he's pushed him, he's gone over in the penalty area. He doesn't give a penalty, he doesn't give anything. He's already booked Ben Wiles. I think it was Wiles, but it was already booked Ben Wiles for a foul in inverted commas that was nowhere near as clear as that. So he's yeah. given the foul, he's booked the player. And, and it, it, it was just two players running at the side of each other. Mm. Consistency. That's all people want. It is. And, and it's consistent within games. Then. You can accept that last week's ref is going to be different from this week's ref. It's a different guy. Done. That's fine. I can, I can, get, I can, I can understand that. And, he, and there was a point at half-time, when he came out from half-time, he definitely changed the way, what, the way he ref the game. Because in the first half, he was booking people very quickly. And the second half, he stopped doing that. Now, on the face of it, that's a good thing because he has gone, gone back to a more lenient way of refereeing. But then it's not fair because you're refereeing one game in two different ways. It's the consistency thing. There were so many fouls in the second half, which were worse than the fouls in the first half, but then weren't fouls, although he booked somebody at first half. I don't... This is a football problem. It's not, this is not just a yesterday running out of problem. It is a footballing problem as we've seen this weekend. Um, but yeah, your views on Mr. Doughty's performance? I think he got rumbled by Howard Webb at half time. <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> yeah, for anybody who didn't know, Howard Webb was um, John Brecking's guest of honour in the uh, in the hospitality suite for the game. And uh, yeah, I reckon he'd watch that performance and he's gone now, nah, then I'm going to go and have a word with him. Howard Webb was our Guy Branston character for that game. And, um, yeah, it's like exactly exactly what you said, Mark. That, that second half, it was, it was just like he'd been replaced by somebody else because he just mm. wasn't booking anybody at all. I think he booked, like, two Watford players. Um, and it's like I, I said to, to my mate that, you watch, you'll book all our players at first half and then book all Watford players at second half. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I was very surprised he didn't give the penalty because that's exactly what that game needed, I think. Watford winning it by a, a dirty penalty. Um, but it's like two, one of their players went over in the box and another one went over and I went, right, if it happens a third time, he'll give it. And um, then it, then he gave one and I thought, oh, no, he's given penalty. But it were a free kick on edge of box. It was like, oh, mm. that's, that could be our bacon saved or cook that. And thankfully, Joel Pedro, still in Woody's pocket, hit the wall. So that's all right. Yeah, but, it's exactly but, but that. You, say, you say it's consistency, and that's what we need. We need consistency and clarity, and we don't have it. And that's why referees interpret it so differently, and then just keep messing up easy decisions. It's it's as if they're scared to make the hard decisions in case they get it wrong. Like, no, you are the person who is officiating this game, so it's your decision based on what you've read in the rule book to apply that to a game. If you think it's a foul, you give it as a foul. But then you have to be consistent with that throughout mm. the game. If you give, say, a very easy foul in a booking, which I think he gave to Peltier in like the first five minutes, which is stupid, but then there's Chia running down the wing who gets hacked at and chopped down every single time and it doesn't get given. And then there's one of Watford player. It's like, oh, he's just, he's just caught my calf and he's gone down and won a free kick. That's not being consistent. That's borderline bias to the mm. big team. But I have also noticed that the referees, when they have a decision to make, they tend to favour the bigger team 
which is like, mm, former Premier League team, just come down. Oh, I'll give it them because they know how to play proper football, apparently. But anyway, that's, that's very tinfoil hatty of me. But there is a trend developing. Keep watching, I'm telling you, there's a trend. Yes. Yes, there is. Mick, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, he gave that free kick on the edge of the box, which weren't a free kick. He clearly won the ball. Um, and, the, and the referee was in a perfect position. It was. It was absolutely perfectly positioned. Um, it, it, look, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. And I, I, I've, and I've said that previously tonight. But just for God's sake, we need the, the PG or MOL or whatever. They, I don't know what they're called. Um, they, they, need, they need to step up now because it's happening at, it's happening at every level. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the referee's fault either. Uh, we've talked about this long and hard on, on the on the podcast over over many months now. That they that they complicate the rules more and more and more. That make and make it so difficult to make those decisions in mm. in that instant. The decisions have got to be made in that instant, um, and, and they're giving referees far far too much to consider. Far too much to think about before they give the give the decisions. And the Aston Villa game is, is Aston Villa Man City game. The offside that was given in that is a perfect example of that. You know, the linesman didn't know whether to put his flag up or not because is he offside? Well, it, 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 do I let it go? Do, do do we carry on? Then the referee blows, and if he hadn't blown it, it'd have been a goal because it'd have gone to VAR. And it would have been offside. And they've got all these things to think about before they make those decisions. Make the decision. Do it. Because if the if the rules are clear, it's easy to do. Um, so it's a combination of lots and lots of things. However, the inconsistency really just is just about competency. Um, and, and he made a run for his own back, as you said, Danny, there yesterday, by booking so many players in the first half. He, 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 could, he, he had only two choices then for the rest of the game. That was either one, to send somebody off, or two, to been no longer consistent with the way he'd started the game. Mm. So, anyway, it is what it is, isn't it? But it's not going to change. And I think right. somebody's, uh, somebody's put in the, Richard Morris has put in the comments there, these lousy rest could send Rotherham down at the end of the season. I, I, I think we'll be too strong for that this season, but they did send us down last time we were in the Championship. Yeah. 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 Um, Howard Webb was there yesterday uh, as the guest of John Brecken. Um, you gotta wonder if that puts a thought into the referee's mind that his future boss is sat watching him, so he wants to make sure he gets everything by the book. And by the book means being a bit, bit stricter in the first half. I don't know, I'm, I'm maybe doing a disservice to lead out here. I don't think I am. Um, I don't think he had any clue how Webb was there until I had a word with him at half time. Because I saw a comment earlier saying he saw our web going down the tunnel to have a word with him. It's like, yep, your future boss has come <laughs> and rumbled you, sunshine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in a sense that he was trying to be by the book. But it, I don't know, football's a weird game. <clears throat> like Mick said, it's open to interpretation with the rules. But being too by the book with football actually stops the game of football, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It stops it flowing. It's just very stop-start. And if you're going to play it by the book every single time, then what do they have far for in the Premier League? Uh, but but Danny, you're absolutely right. If 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 that's the case, if playing it by the book stops the game and ruins the game, then the book's wrong. 
Yeah, yeah, but in, but but I mean, the book's too complicated now. So yeah, absolutely, and so the complication stops it, which is then puts it back onto the referees for them to like, oh, it's your interpretation of these rules. But then by the book stops it. I don't know. The rules aren't set by the PGMOL. They're not set by the FA. They're set by IFAB. So it's then now to each FA to have their own implementation of implementation and in, interpretation of the rules that have been set down by IFAB. Um, and we'll see a different interpretation that will come in two months' time or three months' time. We've, we've spent too long. Any final points on refereeing? We'll move on. It's a farce, mate. It's a farce. The, the organisation of it from 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 the top um, is, is farcical. Uh, That's why and, they're and changing it, it though. That's yeah, why Mike Riley's stepping down. That's why Howard Webb's coming in. I know. I, I don't mean that. I, I, that's, no. Yeah, and I accept that. I know, and 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 I, I I don't have any issue with the fact that they're trying to trying to change it, and trying to improve it. That's absolutely right, and so they should. Uh, but like you've just said, there, the hamstrung by by the organisations in inverted commas above um, in terms of how they write these rules and regulations. Um, so on that basis, it's it's not going to change, is it? And all it's no. going to do is, it, all, well, all it's going to do is hang more and more referees out to dry, um, and it's going to make life very, very difficult for them because they're going to be getting on it. Everybody's going to be getting on their backs because you, what you've done, what they've done, is they've brought in a, an element of discretion into the application of the rules. And as soon as you bring that in, what discretion is is one person's opinion against another. Yeah, but, but, the, but, the, but. Up until last Saturday, up until Gavin Ward rocked up to New York Stadium, the refereeing had been good from in the Premier League and the Championship. The refereeing I watched this season had been good. Something's changed again. That's the that's the problem. So what what we've what we've seen is there is a way within the rules to to have good football. We've seen that for 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 the first month of the season. Yeah, yeah, there were some moments where some things were let go and whatnot, but. For the most part, we've seen three or four weeks of brilliant football helped by pretty good by good refereeing. We're now going backwards again, so there is room within the within the rules to have that to have what we want. It's the referees have got to have the courage to keep doing that. I don't I don't know why they stopped doing that. There is room, and there, there clearly is access to do what we're asking because they have done it. I would argue nothing has changed, Matt. Uh, because what what we said as every single season we, we bring in something that we're going to change this season some whatever season it yeah. is we're going to concentrate on X Y or Z and by five games in we've forgotten all about it every single season without fail you know we revert back to, to the way it was so it, it's great Howard's taking over he's a strong character Howard and hopefully. You know, he loves the game. We know, we know he does. Uh, and he's a hugely experienced referee. Hopefully, hopefully, he'll be able to to bring some sort of stability and some sort of consistency to to um, to refereeing. And he's a miller. So, you know what I mean? He, he's got his head screwed on properly, so... Yeah. Let's move on. Move on. I'm sure we'll talk about referees in seven days' time again. Um Let's talk about some positives. There's a couple of issues, but let's talk about some more positive performances, Danny, because there were several. Uh, I'll give you your pick. You can either talk about Cohen Bramall or Owen Rathbone to start with, Danny. Which one would you prefer to start with? I will start with Cohen Bramall, I think. Um, to say he was amongst the, uh, the injuries 
before mm. kickoff, or well, before the team was announced. Uh, he's come in and absolutely torn up that left side, and so he was mm. unplayable at times. Um, this work on his crossing probably just a little bit, um, but his speed down that left hand side is incredible. And I think any team in the championship now looks at our wing backs in Bramall and Norton Cuffey and goes, Wow, they are quick. I mean, Watford's right back was quick, yeah, but he had his work cut out for Bramall, you know, like both at full pace, they were more or less matching each other. And <clears throat> Bramall did have half a yard on him a few times. Um, but yeah, to say he's come in and put in that sort of performance, fair play to him. And I think if we're trying to kill a key, kill a team off with pace, Bramall and Norton Cuffey are first first names on the team sheet, probably just behind Chio, I mm. think. But yeah, exquisite from him. Fair play to him. I hope he uh, carries on, and I hope he doesn't pull his uh, his uh, hamstring again. Yeah, uh, we were told by Lincoln fans, or not told, but you know, on the social media perception, Mick of Cohen Bramall is is very, very quick, but that's it. Um, the, 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 the concerns was he's not very good at defending and he can't cross the ball. I agree with Danny, he does need to improve on that, but at times he, he has put some brilliant crosses in and so far defensively, he's been sound, he's been, he's been solid as a rock. So, so far, there isn't really a downside to him yet. No, and you know, that. That, that may have been the case when he were at Lincoln. Um, that may have been the case when he started at Lincoln and he would have, he would have developed and continued to improve and he's, he's come here and he's getting coaching from, from at, a, at a higher level. He's playing at a higher level. He's playing to a level where he's going to get more time on the ball. He's going to get more space to run into because of that's how the championship is. Uh, but he's a young lad and he will develop. So, yeah, it, you're right. His crossing's not brilliant. He's defending... Certainly, is in, it would appear to have certainly have improved since he left Lincoln. If that's mm. the case, if he was bad there, he's not been bad here, you know. Um, so, but he's a young lad, and he'll continue to to develop. He's a hell of a prospect, a hell of a prospect. He has so much pace, um, and and yeah, he's, he's a hell of a player. He's a great player, great acquisition. So, uh, there's nothing to not like about the lad. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I think when we played Port Vale, Ryan Cross made a very good point that he didn't play particularly well against Port Vale, but in, and sometimes players need to play against better opposition so they're fully concentrated all the time. And that's what we've seen in the Championship so far, Danny. You, you don't have a second, really, when you're a Rotherham United defender. You've got to be on it all the time, whether you're pumping up the pitch to get across it or pumping back. You've got to be on it 100, 110% of your, of your time, almost. Whereas against teams like Port Vale and Morecambe, you get more time to sort of forget your place and do things like that. So maybe that's a, that's a step up. He's enjoying that battle and that challenge. Maybe that's improving him. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, especially this season, I don't know, there seems to be almost a mindset of we've got bigger fish to fry this season. Um, <clears throat> like with Port Vale and Morecambe, some players didn't put in the, the best performances against those two teams. But when it came to the games against the, uh, the other teams in the league, they've stepped up another level. Could be a confidence thing of, I can put in a shift against these teams. Um, but for me, it's just looking at what's in front of it. It's like Woody said with pre-season. He's not really that bothered about pre-season, yeah. but he gets really stuck in when it comes to league stuff. And I, I think we've seen that. I think we've seen a lot of players step up and go, yeah, we're not scared of you. and We're still going to put in a good shift against you. 
which mm. I think is our mentality this season. And it's probably one aspect that's allowed us to perform very well so far is that thing of we're going to stand up to you because we're not scared of you. You know, we belong in this division, so we're going to stand up to you. And we've just done that, with the exception of the second half against Sunderland. We've, um, we have done that this season. Mm. Yeah, we have. Uh, Donna Almery says, Sonic is Bramall. Uh, Nota Cuffy also looks, get, like, looks getting better and better. Even took a shot yesterday. Yes, he did. Um, Pam, UK, the water isn't for the players to drink. It's to put out the fire on Nota Cuffy and Bramall's boots. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, and we're not going to talk about We talked about Nota Cuffy a lot. We're, we're going to give him a, an episode off praising him, although it was outstanding. We'll leave it with Brian Allen. It says Norton Cuffey outstanding. He's got all 18 year olds and can only get better. Yeah. Only 18. Jesus Christ. Not fair. Um, yeah, the wing backs are frightening, uh, those two. So that is brilliant. On to Ollie Rathburn. Uh, I got a comment that says Ollie's missus needs needs to give him Monday off. 5K, 5K around IKEA will not be good for him. What I would say, though, <laughs> is that if I was going to IKEA, I'd want Ollie Rathburn to come with me. You would need that energy. If you're going to go around IKEA, you need somebody who's not going to stop. Ollie Rathburn is your man to go around IKEA with you, I think. <laughs> I tell you what, it'll be quick at assembly furniture, though, won't it? Exactly. Yeah. And if he gets it wrong, it's fine. He'll just he'll keep going and keep going until he gets it right. If he gets it think... wrong, he'll just kick it into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, the, um, the Lego World games, how they build stuff really quickly. That is legit. Ollie Rathbun building Arcaea furniture. He just sits there and just builds it, and off he goes. But like Mick says, if it goes wrong or it looks wrong, he'll just kick it into oblivion and it'll go up over the stadium, which I'm still waiting for, by the way. I'm waiting for an Ollie Rathbun clearance that clears the East Stand. I want to see it at least once this season. It'll come. It'll happen. Um, I think it won't matter the match in the stadium, Mick, Ollie Rathbun. And. There are you. You had questions at the start of the season. You were sort of worried a little bit that the championship referees wouldn't suit him because he's aggressive. He tries trade is at the ankles all the time, mm. but he hasn't. I don't know whether he has changed his game a little bit to be a bit more clever, or whether the referees are playing his hands on it. I don't know, but he has been brilliant and he's keeping Lindsay out of the team, which is really important for Lindsay because he doesn't deserve it. But Rathbun's been a sensation. Yeah, he's developing again. He's another one that's developing as a player, and he's. He's he's he's, um, he's he's polishing his his art, if you like, you know. Um, he's been outstanding, and and this is the man. I, I assumed you'd come to me because I said on uh, after the Sunderland game about the fact that maybe his performance in midfield made that field, midfield a, a bit uh, a bit chaotic and made him lose his shape. Well, they didn't lose his shape on Saturday, so mm. clearly that was wrong. Uh, I'll just stick my hand up to that and say, yeah, I will way off the mark with that. Um, we love Ollie Rathbone, don't we? And 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 like you've just alluded to there, you know, you know, if he gets injured or he has to go off or, or whatever, we can just bring Jamie Lindsay on, who is essentially the same player. Mm. Uh, I do feel for Jamie because he's he's such a good player and, and probably, arguably, more suited to the championship than than Ollie Rathbone has been so far. Um, but but yeah, what a performance! Great. Absolute terrier and just epitomizes everything that this team is about. Mm. Yeah, I love his um, the way he winds the opposition up, Danny, as well. You know, he, he, he fouled somebody and just ran past them and just patted them on stomach and just said, I got you all that time. No, I just love that side of his game, uh, as well. He, it's good to have that kind of player or that 
not only the energy, but also that side as well is quite important. Yeah, I, I love him, mate. Ollie Rathbun's the sort of a character that you want to take for a pint purely because he loves winding people up. Um, but he's also the first man in whenever there's a bad foul. He's always the first man in, either checking his all right or having a go at the referee saying, you can't let that carry on, you know. Um, it might get him a few bookings this season, having to do at the referee. Um, I know we saw Marlasa get booked against Sunderland, which is sort of understandable, him being a Geordie. But we only have to be straight into the referee and he's proper having a go sometimes. And there were one instance, I think after he'd been booked, where we had a proper go at the referee and it's like, oh no, Ollie's going to get himself sent off. <laughs> oh no, here we go. Um, but yeah, I love him. He's a, I mean, one he described uh, Peltier as feisty. But Ollie Rathbun's just that as well. He's feisty. You know, he's feisty and he just runs and runs and runs. I mean, even if his missus has got him doing 5K in Ikea on Monday, he'll he'll be fine with that. He'll be just like, right, it was another training session. <laughs> yeah. He's got also available. He's, he's, I, think, I think it was his 200th league appearance on Saturday overall mm. for us and Rochdale combined. He's going to be one of them players in seven or eight years' time. He's going to be such a professional to have at a club. In it, he's gonna he's already he's already a brilliant player, but he's he's gonna build into into a, into a leader, which I think he sort of almost is as well. He'll um, turn into some sort of Frecklington sort yeah. of character. Agree. I think completely agree. Uh, Kim Hayward is the Duracell bunny, which he is. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, let's move on to a sort of negative. Ben Wiles is is sort of a hot topic, really, mate. Um, didn't have his best game, and I thought it was better. I thought it was better Saturday than he was against Sunderland. I thought it was, I thought it was much better mm. because I didn't think it was very good against Sunderland. But he's still trying. I think I said to you yesterday. I think he just needs taken out of fire line just for a game. It, it, everything he's trying to do is mostly the right idea. He's trying to take a touch here and there. He's trying to play a pass here and there. It's just not working for him. Just I feel like he just needs a minute away from the team. And then he'll come back in a brilliant play. We know what Wiles is like. We know how strong he is mentally. But we still, have, for me, I just I would like to see him given time to, to get his head right because he, he doesn't look right at the minute. Yeah, it's not coming off for him, is it, at the moment? Um, and, and, and as a consequence of that, some fans are getting on his back. Um, you don't become a bad player overnight, but you do lose form occasionally. Um, and, and, and he is out of touch there's no, there's no question about that I'm sure he knows that uh, I'm sure Warney can see that I don't know whether Warney I mean I suggested to you that yesterday perhaps he should be given a bit more time to play himself back into form we don't really have that I know I accept that and that's just more a bit of sort of um, nostalgia is not the right word but whatever the word is you know what I mean from my mm. point of view that I just I just want him to do as well as he possibly can Uh for the, for the club uh, and for himself and he will um, I can see the argument for dropping him for a game I can see that um, but you know we've got Sheffield United away coming up we've got Middlesbrough away coming up two really tough games and players like Ben Wiles could be game changers in, in, in matches like that so so to, to, to take that decision to, to, to pull him out of the squad and, and bring in somebody with the greatest respect to Jamie Lindsay he doesn't have the creativity, or the uh, uh, or, or create the danger that Ben Wiles can create. Um, so I'm not convinced that, um, that either of those two games are the right ones to rest him. Possibly the the Blackpool game might be, uh, but 
I can't see him being out of the game on Saturday. I, I, I fully expect him to be in the team uh, against Sheffield United. But I do agree he's, he's not performing at his best at all at the moment. Um, so it's, uh, it's one for one that to um, to deal with, isn't it? Hmm. Um, a few comments. Um, uh, we have to be so said Ben hasn't had a good game in a while. Brian Allett says, um, I like Ben, but he's a good kick at the backside and he's taken out of the game, so we get the best out of him. I think he's had his head turned. He thinks he's had a head turned. Now the window is shut and he's put his head in the right place. Danny, we talked about it on Wednesday. We've got to talk about it now. There was an improvement, and I think that's important to point out. He was definitely a better. This was more of it just not coming. So maybe, maybe it's just trying too hard. We've seen that in the past with mm. Sunday last season. I can't remember it was now. But maybe he was just trying a bit too hard and if you do that, it's not going to come off you, is it? You need to just sort of relax and play your game. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think the thing with Wiles is that he's got the talent in him, but he just needs to unlock it. And unfortunately, he hasn't found the key yet. And that was a very good analogy. I'm quite proud of myself for that one. Um, but compare that to last season, he unlocked it straight away with mm. a very strong performance against Plymouth. With this season, he's not quite found it yet, which is no fault of his own. He's just still trying and to get it going. Um, and yeah, maybe he needs a little bit of time on the bench as if to go, right, you need to start being a bit smarter about it and like being a bit more uh, looser with it and not trying as hard. But at the same time, like Mick says, I wouldn't take him out of the game against Sheffield United because it's big games like that where Wowsy sort of tends to come alive in it. Mm. That makes sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, a local derby, I mean, compare it to how he played against Chef Wednesday away, he were very, very strong in that game. So it could be the same the same, the, the same case, should I say. Um, but, yeah, I think with Wilesy, it's just... Well, he, he does boil down to he is trying too hard. He's trying too hard to play as well as he knows he can. But sometimes you just need to get take a step back, be on the bench and reevaluate yourself. And I think you've hit it perfectly, Mick. I dressed him for the Blackpool game. Uh, just give him a little bit of time just to settle and look at the game and how we play and how he then fits into it. And it should be all right. And now that we've said that, he's going to score against Sheffield United, isn't he? To make us look all books. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Brock says that Wiles, he just needs a goal or an assist to get his confidence back up. Yeah, I think you're probably right. If, if he taps one in, I think I think he'll be away. Um, the problem is just it doesn't look like doing that at the minute. Um, it'll come good. Whether it takes whether it, it takes it so game close, ten games, it was so close to unlocking it in the second half. The ball fell for him perfectly. The defense opened mm. up for him. Yeah, but then he perfectly showed uh, what's the matter with him, if you like, mm. to put it that way, that he just hasn't unlocked it yet because it all separated and worked out beautifully for him, and he just miscues the shot. Yeah. And you've heard the frustration because it's like, oh, that that was it. That felt like that was Wiles's winning moment, yeah. but it just hasn't come off for him yet. Um, I don't think it's a case of his head being turned. I don't think it is. I think every player is committed to this team, and it just shows that we had no bids for any of our key players on opening day. So we've already put that message out. Yeah, you're not going to have them anyway. Mm. And Warney will instill it back into him, like right. You are here until at least January. It wouldn't have worded it like that, but yeah. in the sense of you, you're here, you our players, and we put in all this effort. And I think Wilesy is trying to put too much effort in. And I think that's yeah. all it boils down to. We just like, like one comment said, um, Brian Ellett, Les like Ben, he likes Ben, but he just needs a kick up the arse. 
exactly that. Yeah. Well, not a literal kick up the arse because he might be out injured for a little bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll preview the Sheffield game next episode. Um, Jamie says he thought Scott High a little better when he came on. Yeah, mate, this mm. was the first time Scott High has come on. And I thought, God, yeah, there's a, there's a player there. He got stuck in a little bit. He looked to be all composed on the ball. Uh, he's still got a way to go. But that was a, that was a, that's now got to be his start point. Yeah, it has. I mean, he's a work in progress as a young kid, isn't he? And, uh, and we said this um, after the Sunderland game when he was pretty ineffective. It, it, it did, it, it, there's definitely a player in there without a shadow mm. of a doubt. Um, you know, he, he just, he, he's, He's going to be a slow burner. Um, I think probably by the time he gets back to Huddersfield at the end of the season, then he might be, uh, well, he will be a decent player. He will be a good player. Um, but um, and, and maybe once we've got there, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back because Huddersfield don't seem to like to keep decent players, do they? They, they seem to just want to ship them out on loan or get rid of them. So, which is great for us, you know. Um, happy days. But uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot to learn. Uh, it's a big step up for him. He's a championship. No, no question about that. And uh, age, I think, plays a big part in it for Scott High. Mm. Yeah. No, it does. I agree. Um, we, sh- we haven't really mentioned Peltier when we should have done. I thought Peltier has been... He's, he's already... If he keeps going the way he's going, he'll be on contention for winning our signing of the season award because he's been brilliant so far. Um, Grant Hall is injured and is now a doubt for the Sheffield United game. Again, we'll cover as we get near the time. Um, is there any other one you meant to mention? We can mention Victor again. Victor Paul a really, a really good save or two. Um, still waiting for that Swedish call up, which could come. You never know. We've announced the squads in a, in a week or two. If, if Victor gets called up, how much credit are we taking for that one? That's all I was. That's all I was. That mate. None for Victor, all for us. Yeah. 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 Well. yeah no problem. <laughs> well, Victor gets the, the playing credit. We just get the. Um, in the public eye credit, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> Implying that there's lots of members of public watch this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Hello, you are, Sweden. You are aware that all this is photoshopped and I'm putting all these tab, tab, uh, comments on here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. nobody listening. Shh, the Swedish <laughs> FA don't know that bit. Be quiet. Yeah. Well, they're not listening either. You never know. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, Brian Allen says Victor was outstanding on Saturday, and the rest and the rest again. Yeah, it's been brilliant so far. Um, let's have a little tiny uh, transfer window deadline day wrap up. No signings on deadline day. We signed the keeper, third choice keeper on Friday. That was confirmed. He, he was a free agent, so you could sign him after. Uh, Jamie asks, "What are your thoughts on Reg going to Wigan?" Danny, I'm not gonna lie, hurts because I I love Reg, but at the same time, I'm very happy with the central defenders we've already got. Would he be an improvement on Cameron Humphreys and James Peltier? Uh, Lee Peltier, not James Lee. Uh, <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I, I think we've probably got better than Reg. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's what it comes down to. Um, it could also come down to a blessing in disguise. For example, Michael Smith and. Michael yeah. Equay leaving for them up the road, it's sort of turned into a blessing in disguise because now they're not quite doing as well as they'd like to. Um, but we're off and away, sort of, in the mm. championship. The same with, with Reg. It was explored to bring him back. Warney has admitted that. Um, but 
we'd already brought people in because he just wasn't available at the time. And I think that's that's it. Huddersfield thought it was in their plans, and now he isn't. Um, thought he'd get him out on loan to us. And it's just like, we've moved on, unfortunately. Yeah. We've got Humphreys in, who I think will work out to be a better defender. Um, and we've got Peltier in, like I say, who's the experience, and Grant Hall and, and all of those who've come in. And unfortunately, you snooze, you lose. You know, you weren't available when we needed you, so we've moved on. Whoops. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, Mick, there was a minor meltdown on everybody. You know, after Paul one told us we weren't going to sign anybody, we then didn't sign anybody and everybody was upset. Um, <laughs> we, we, just wait. That's all yeah. I'll say. Just wait. <clears throat> we, we've, had, we've still had a good window. I, I, maybe Thursday wasn't the best time to tell everybody this. But I, I am very happy with our transfer window. You can always do better. Obviously, you can always do better. But our transfer window has maybe been the best it's been since it, in, a, in a promotion season. You're know, going into a new championship season mm. come from League One. I can't think of a better one. No, I can't either. I can't. Just to put, let, let's put it into some sort of perspective, you know, because we all saw some of the some of the comments, uh, some of the kind of knee jerk comments after. The, the transfer window closed and uh, and we, we'd not signed anybody. You know, Tony Stewart, tight wood, not getting his hand in his pocket. He promised he promised this and he promised that, which he did. He promised investment um, and he hadn't done it. Well, we don't know whether he hadn't done it, does it, do we? Because we don't know. It's not all about signing players. Uh, we signed, we've made ten signings. Um, probably paid next to note for any of them. Um, if we've paid anything at all, but the wage bill will have increased significantly. Uh, that is also part of the investment. Um, and just, just if you, if you, if you put this figure, I'll give you the figure and put the, this. will put it into some sort of perspective. If you look at the figure of one hundred and four million pounds, one hundred and four million pounds, that is the difference in the value of squads between those two teams that took the field on Saturday. Those two teams that drew one apiece. Those two teams that you couldn't really get a fag paper in between in terms of performance and the result proved that you couldn't get a fag paper in between it. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about how much you spend on players. That's just that's just willy waving, isn't it? That's just look at look at look. Mine, mine's bigger than yours. Is that all that is all that is? So it, it, we had a great transfer window, and we spent nothing. Watford don't think they had a great transfer window, and they spent five million quid or more, and sold fifty million quid's worth. And they don't think they had a good transfer window. We're a much, much better side than we were last season. The, the team at the top of that league of money spent or value a squad. Well, they, 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 they know any, they, 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 there's nothing to choose when the two teams meet. So mm. transfer window has been excellent for us, mate. For me. I agree. Completely agree. Uh, Chillstone rightly points out it's all about desire, and so far they are proving they have it. Exactly, exactly right. Um, yeah, let's move again, on. Let's move again, on. I know the transfer window's shut and all that, but all I'll say is just you wait. I've heard, <laughs> I have heard things about 
potential one or two free agents. So just just your way. If they come off, it's fantastic. If not, unlucky. But just your way. This is what we've got, but for between now and January, that's fine. You've, you've got to bear in mind, January yeah. sounds like it's quite a long way away. Bear in mind, we lose a month of that time because of the World Cup. So this isn't this isn't ju- just September to January. It's really only September to December or October to January, whichever way you want to look at it. We lose a month of that time. So if the squad isn't good enough now, it's fine because we haven't got that long to go before we can start signing players again. Um, yeah. Just chill, still, 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 just, just you wait. It, it don't even have to be January. Just you wait. Give him here with rally points out. It's not about that size; it's how it's used. Yes, Watford, correct. Um, there you go. Sorry. I, I was, sorry. I was oh, sorry. Sorry, I've just seen Donna's comments. Spill the tea. Don't keep it for yourself. Unfortunately, I can't say anything about these signings because it is a private conversation. <laughs> um, but the names that I've been, well, been talking about. With uh, my contact, shall we say, to make it sound ooh, official. Um, and yeah, sources. yeah, my sources. It's uh, HP and ketchup this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ju- just your way. You'll be surprised with with one of them if it really does come off, and then the other one is a surprise. But that's more of a battle with somebody else as well. But yeah, yeah. just it, it, it's it. <laughs> Even though we had a quiet deadline day, it's not to say stuff didn't happen on mm. deadline day. And the people who spotted this certain player at New York know who exactly I'm on about. And it's just been slowly ticking over because of free agents and all that. But yeah, that's all I'll say. Just you wait. <laughs> Remember, free agents can sign at any point. I think there was a cut-off in like November, November or December. Uh, but the free transfer window is, is open. Um, so who knows? Um, Danny, we need to give ourselves a right royal, royal pat on the back because we got the correct prediction um, for that one, for, for Saturday's 1-1 one, one draw. see what happens when I don't get peer pressure by the comment section? <laughs> I get the result right, and it's a positive yeah. one. <laughs> and also, I went on the, the guy we had on, on the preview show from Do Not Scratch Rise podcast. I, I went on their podcast uh, predict, predicting 1-1. One, one. Apparently, I'm the first away fan to get a prediction correct on that on their podcast. So Rotherham United strike again. Um, right. This is me representing the club, and we got one right. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Make unlucky. You didn't get this one right. Yeah, I nearly did, though. Did you? I, 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 yeah, I predicted a 2-1 win to us with sneaking an uh, injury time winner. Uh, you did. So. Unlucky. Uh, Carl, who we had on, predicted 3-1 to Watford, which obviously was quite far wrong. Um, anything else we need to quickly mention? Uh, cover anything else? I, I just want to. I mean, uh, when we were talking about referees, um, Mike 61 Miller put in whilst accepting that all you guys are entitled to your view as a former ref up to semi pro level. I wish fans would try a stint in the middle themselves, it might just alter a, a view or two. And yeah, listen, Mike, I'm 100%. I agree with you. Um, we, we, we do bang on about it, and I will, I will stop now, but no. um. It it, Uh, it is an incredibly difficult job and I don't necessarily blame the referees at all, all the time, but um, there are times when we do. It's it's part and parcel of football, I guess that is, but um, it's a difficult job and I certainly wouldn't wouldn't want to do it. Uh, I've got the quickness of mind, quickness of thought to be able to, uh, to perform that role. So it's an hard job and 
long may people continue to do it, but they need some help. They need some help. Yeah. Yeah, it may be a hard job, but you've still got to do it right. Yeah. Um, just because yeah, it's hard, I mean, you can just, you know, float along like and do it wrong. You've got you've still got to get it right at this level. You know, it, yeah. We've gone over all ground, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Danny, anything else? Um, no, just uh, keep your eyes out for a free agent. <laughs> oh, Danny's a tease. Uh, so we will there finish. Finish there. Words have been mixed up this weekend. Um, we will Ooh, be back. On... Do... Are we doing the preview for Sheffield United this episode, or is that in That's the week? Thursday? My bad, my bad. I thought we forgot score predictions. My bad. Uh, we will be back on Thursday evening for the podcast for YouTube Friday morning for the for the audio podcast, where we'll be looking ahead to Sheffield United uh, away first, first and only South York away South Yorkshire derby of, the, of this season. Nobody else fancies joining us in league in championship. Um, it's not for everybody, mate. Not for everybody, championship. Now, right now, now, don't stop upsetting people. <laughs> you know, we, we already know they watch our podcast to see how we we'll see how they get in on. So don't upset them. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Actually, just a quick uh, congratulations to Barnsley from uh, for Saturday as well. <laughs> actually, yeah, I'm good, sorry. fair point. <laughs> don't sorry. you're not allowed. You, you'll be called obsessed if you talk about clubs oh. in our division. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just cheers me up a bit. Yeah. Um, we'll try and get a fan on to do a, uh, the scouting report as we normally do. And then we'll look ahead, like I said, the first time, which is our way. Then we've got, then we're only a week away from the international break. Three more games, and we've got another, another couple of weeks off. So um, that's exciting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> thank you all for watching. Uh, if you're please, haven't you, please do subscribe. Three off 700 subscribers on YouTube. If you haven't already, please do subscribe. On YouTube to try and get us over, over that mark. Danny, the vlog out Monday morning. Yes, vlog out Monday morning. <laughs> Did you put the um, video up of the pie review from Sunderland? Um, I will be putting those up shortly. It will be Preston, QPR, and Sunderland's pie reviews. Uh, this is a little <laughs> bit of editing. Um, it, it, I'm going to try something new. Like just put the pie reviews up separately, so you can just see me banging on about a pie. Um, but all I'll say is that Sunderland one was very good. Ooh. It was the only good thing about that away get away game. To be fair. <laughs> you, you couldn't possibly get more Yorkshire, could you? Than a pie review. <laughs> it could be, it, it, it could be worse. I could start doing sausage roll reviews. Well, that's listen, been, that's next know. season. <laughs> Premier League when sausage you, roll reviews. When you uh, when you go to Bramble Lane, you'll be getting um, you'll be getting some Hendersons with your uh, with your pie as well. So, it can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't already subscribed on audio please do so on Apple, Spotify wherever you find your podcasts please do subscribe there uh, as well uh, Mick, it's been a pleasure um, how was the car park being? Nice and quiet today? Yeah, nobody here today mate it's Sunday night isn't it? But it uh, Thursday might be a different uh, different kettle of fish altogether <laughs> Yeah, oh, you're there again for Thursday's episode I am mate, yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. That's exciting Above the parking spot <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure, and we will see you on Thursday evening or Friday morning. Thank you very much. Bye. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. 
Days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.